Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. How did Virginia pull that upset at North Carolina last week? Uh, Chris Graham here on the podcast. We're going to go inside the numbers. We're going to go through the report cards um, and the grades. Uh, first, inside the numbers, just uh, you know, kind of getting a feel for the counting numbers and how it all adds up. You're not supposed to lose the turnover battle and have your two turnovers take away touchdowns. There was an interception thrown in the end zone in the second quarter. There was a fumble uh, on the goal line in the fourth quarter in a four-point game. And Virginia still had to uh, had the, uh, the, gall, uh, the gall, the audacity to pull out that 31-27 win over UNC. UNC only had the one turnover, and it was on their last offensive play. So it's not like UNC literally fumbled or interception that game away. How did it happen? couple of big numbers that stand out. Virginia was 120th nationally in rushing going into the game last week. Averaging under 100 yards a game was 99.5 yards per game that the, the Hoos were averaging. They put up 228 on the ground against North Carolina's defense. And what that did was give Virginia a huge edge in time of possession. 37 minutes and 6 seconds for Virginia, 22-54 for North Carolina. And what that did was it kept the Carolina offense potent, over 500 yards a game coming in and actually gained 490 in this one, but it kept them off the field, uh, which, you know, you limit the number of plays, you're going to have your give yourself a better chance to win. Uh, those are the two numbers of the game that should stand out the most, 228 and 3706. Big plays. Um, you're also not supposed to win when you uh, have a big disadvantage in the big play. Big plays are defined as passes of 15-plus or runs of 10-plus. You know, and that's what is defined by the the powers that be. I used to even go 8-plus in runs when I did this as my own stat before it became an actual stat that other people kept track of. But <clears throat> I'll go with the easy way because this was brought out for me. I didn't have to go through the whole play-by-play. There were 161 plays in this game. So passes of 15-plus, runs of 10-plus. UNC had a 307 to 163 advantage in big play yards. 267 of that through the air, so just 40 on the ground, and that's you know, kind of hinting uh, to a story coming up. Um, it's hard to get your wins piecemeal, but Virginia was able to get the win getting his charts piecemeal. Uh, the lack of balance was a key here uh, from the Carolina offense standpoint. Carolina, 48 passes, 29 runs. Um, and... Uh, you know, Carolina came into the game with the leading passer in the ACC, Drake May, leading rusher in the ACC, Marion Hampton. And he had 112 yards, but only 19 carries. Um, Virginia ran the ball 54 times and passed on 30 uh, plays. Um, you know, I, I remember thinking during the game, before, you know, when not even studying the stats throughout the game, uh, that Carolina seemed like they should be running the ball more. They had so much effect. They, they were averaging um, – you, you know, I'm trying to think because I got Hampton's number in front of me, 5.9 yards in attempt. They were well over five yards in attempt. You know, why not run the ball more? And they were throwing the ball. And, and with the 48 passes, Drake May only completed 24 of them. So, you know, he was a 70% passer coming in. Uh, but uh, Virginia's secondary held up. And, uh, yeah, Carolina should have probably run the ball more. Virginia certainly took advantage of that. Uh, Musket wasn't – Tony Musket was not perfect. Um but he, because he threw the INT in the end zone, and that was a badly underthrown ball. He, you know, it's a, the kind of you're trying to throw an alley oop pass, a a a fifty fifty ball. But fifty fifty ball shouldn't be fifty percent. Your guy catches a touchdown, fifty percent the other guy intercepts it. Um, I think it was um, uh, losing my mind here. It was it was um, oh the receiver Malachi Field. There we go. Thank you. The computer working slowly this morning. 
Um, it was Malachi Fields, 6'3", 6'4", guy. You know, what you do is you just throw it as high as you can. If it goes out of bounds, it goes out of bounds. Um, uh, I think maybe Musket was thinking on that pass that uh, uh, that Malachi Fields would would maybe turn in uh, and, and kind of box out the Carolina cornerback. But um, anyway, bad, bad, just, just, just awful throw. But other than that, okay, so I'm emphasizing the awful throw. Um, boy, uh, 20 for 30, 208. Uh, and, and even more than that, um, it was the 75 sack adjusted rushing yards. Only sacked twice, which is important to note too. Uh, he had been getting sacked and pressured more when you looked at the season numbers between Musket and and his backup Anthony Calandra, who started three games when Musket was hurt, um, the sack percentage for Musket was was a good bit higher, and uh, the pressure percentage was a good bit higher. And you know you've got the same offensive line in front of you, so what that suggests is that Musket uh, was holding the ball a little longer uh, and uh, you know kind of letting things break down. In this game, just the two sacks, he ran the ball ten times for seventy five yards which is significant because he's dealing with a, a bad left shoulder injury and 10 called runs. None of those were scrambles. They were, they were called runs 75 yards. Those were, those were really important to the off uh, to the offense and getting those, those 228 rushing yards because it made Carolina have to account for him. Uh, credit to the defense. Carolina got 490 yard. That was, that's actually still less than their season average. So yay. Um, Drake may pass for 347. I mentioned that, but he was only 24 or 48 um, uh, passing the ball. And um, the Virginia D got to stops when it needed to, particularly on the last two possessions Carolina had in the fourth quarter. After the fumble by Mike Collins going into the end zone, Carolina got the ball two plays. They got the ball down to the Virginia red zone. And then the Virginia defense got a sack on first down, three completions thereafter, turnover on downs. And then after Virginia uh, offense um, did get a first down, forced Carolina to burn their timeouts, had to punt. Carolina had a minute 12 to go, got the ball inside of Virginia territory to the 48-yard line, and Virginia forced uh, uh, interception with a, a big hit by Paula Carey uh, on Drake May as he was throwing the ball on second down. And James Jackson with a diving interception, game's over. So the defense gave up 490 yards, but also there was the, the, the big stop uh, in the red zone. I think it was early in the fourth quarter. North Carolina uh, seemed to be trying to put the game away. Well, I guess it was the time it was 24-24. They wouldn't have put it away. But a touchdown would have given them a touchdown lead, obviously. Uh, and the Virginia defense held, forced a field goal. And uh, that's that was the difference in the game, as it turns out. Um, so defense, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Carolina offense got his yards. Uh, Drake May got his yards. Uh, Marion Hampton got his his yards. But in the end, the Virginia defense was able to, to, uh, to, to do what it needed to do to get the win. I mentioned Mike Collins and the fumble. That's the only, you know, X mark on his his resume for this game. Three touchdowns for Highland in this one. And um, he had come into the game. I think I saw this number. He only carried about eight times all season long. He had um, the big night. I think it was uh, 67 yards rushing in this game. And um, uh, just just an incredible game for Highland. Uh, and, and you feel, you know, if the storybook ending would have been he gets the uh, the fourth touchdown. And uh, I mean, even more, I mean, because three touchdowns in the game is, is obviously pretty good, but very good. But uh, yeah, uh, Holland's uh, with with a big night uh, uh, and Malik Washington, uh, his fifth game this season with 100 plus yards. He had 12 catches on 16 targets, 115 yards. He, the go ahead touchdown. Big night for for him. Um, and so let's look at the grades. 
and the grades focus on the lines. You know, I gave you all the county numbers for the offensive guys, particularly. The big part of this game was, okay, so how did Virginia run for 228 yards? The offensive line maligned all season long for good reason, because they've been playing horribly all season long, letting their quarterbacks get hit, not clearing the, the, the way for the running backs. Offensive line did great. Coming in, Virginia's offensive line had been ranked in the bottom 10 nationally in FBS. Um, and, the, the you know, you saw that uh, translate in the 99.5 yards per game rushing. You saw that translate in the, the pressure on quarterbacks. Uh, the Virginia's two quarterbacks uh, had a, a rate of 36.4% of their dropbacks under pressure going into the game. Uh, in the run game uh, on, on Saturday, uh, the running backs and, and Tony Musket piled up 240 sack-adjusted uh, rushing yards. So the 228 number, even just add, a, add 12 more to that, actually kneel down adjusted to the kneel down should not count against the run game. So sack and kneel down adjusted rushing yards, 240, uh, 4.8 yards a carry for a team that, again, was averaging 99.5 yards a game coming in. Um and, and where did Virginia run? They ran largely over center, 88 yards on 17 runs over the A-gap. Two of Mike Collins' three touchdown runs came in that direction. And the other run zone of note was around Mikhail Boley on the left end, the left tackle Mikhail Boley, who's, I mean, another guy that's that's been maligned and probably for good reason. He got, and I had a really good season up until this point. But around him, Virginia ran for 51 yards on 10 runs, and he had a career-best pro football focus grade of 80.5. So credit to Mikhail Boley. You know, young man had to start last year, his first game as a true freshman because of injuries. And, um, you know, that may have he, – he didn't have a, a good first couple of games. Actually ended up being on the uh, bench late in the season. And um, he's been up and down this season, mostly down. But uh, young man grew into it in, in, in the biggest game he's played into this point. We'll give the run blocking unit a grade of A. The pass block blocking also, I mentioned the, the number of 36.4% of dropbacks the, uh, under pressure. In this one, um, uh, Tony Musket only pressured on seven of his 33 dropbacks. That's 21.2%. So significant improvement for the Virginia offensive line in the pass blocking. Um, and no scrambles. I mentioned that a little earlier. He, he ran the ball 10 times. No scrambles, all design runs. Uh, he'd been averaging three design, or excuse me, three scrambles per game, in addition to the 22 sacks that the quarterbacks combined had endured in the first six games, Calendry and Musket. So only two sacks, no scrambles. Well, that's that's huge. Uh, that's huge protection for your quarterback. Pass block grade will go with another A there. I could have given an A plus in either, but you know, I, I wrote this in the column. I wouldn't want the guys to let it go to their heads. <laughs> uh, the D line, <clears throat> when you look at the bottom line number. It's still he was only uh, Drake May was only pressured on ten of his fifty three dropbacks, but you know that's that's the number of hits, quarterback pressures, you know the quick throws and that kind of thing. I gotta think that the twenty four for forty eight wasn't all the secondary. A lot of that was secondary, but it wasn't all secondary. Whether or not they were officially pressures or not, he was under a little bit more duress than I think that the Pro Football Focus numbers would show. One area I mentioned the INT Paula Carey with the pressure, actually the hit. Uh, on May as he was throwing the ball second and 10 at the 48, 26 seconds to go. And the wobbly throw that came out was intercepted by James Jackson, who happened to be the right place at the right time, made a great diving play. Um, but that that's that was emblematic of the pressure, I think, that Virginia was able to get on Drake May. Um, Carolina gained 152 sack adjusted rushing yards on 27 attempts, 5.6 per attempt. I just, I, I'm still scratching my head, and I wonder if the Carolina folks are too. I did not read the, the Carolina 
uh, journalists after the game to find out what they were writing about. But Chip Lindsey, the offensive coordinator, has to be looking at that and saying, why did I not call more runs? We gained 5.6 yards of rush. Wow, just amazing. Um, the secondary, so I'll give the, the D-line a grade of B. They, they could have gotten more pressure on. They, they did their job, though. B's not a bad grade. B's not a bad grade. Um, secondary, unsung heroes I'm calling them because, okay, 24 of 48, Drake May, Heisman Trophy candidate going in. He's not now. There's just, just no way he's not, he's not now. Downfield, um, when you look at the, the numbers here, 10 of 19 between 10 and 19 yards, 157 yards. Three of 12 downfield, 20 yards plus. Now, he did throw for 120 yards. One of those was a 68 catch and carry. I, I wasn't sure that one traveled 20 yards in the air. Um, but um, And there was a breakdown in the secondary coverage, giving six, giving the 68 yards. At, at best, that's a 20-yard pass. Um, but, uh, you know, that said, 22 of 41 in a clean pocket was May, uh, a supposedly clean pocket, 53.7%. Coming into the game, he had been 74.8% in a clean pocket. That's the secondary uh, playing some playing some ball back there. Uh, I've, I've noted a few standouts: Sam Westfall, uh, the Iowa State transfer, no catches allowed, just two targets on thirty-one pass cover snaps, and one pass breakup. Two targets on thirty-one pass cover snaps. Jonas Sanker, uh, one catch allowed, eighteen yards on that catch, won five targets on fifty-five pass cover snaps. Uh, Malcolm Green, the Clemson transfer. Uh, one catch allows a 14-yarder on three targets on 25 pass coverage snaps. Caleb Hardy, the true freshman, two catches allowed, total of 41 yards on five targets on 26 pass coverage snaps. So the young man stepped up. And Tavon Kyle, wait, am I getting this wrong? Sam Westfall is the SMU uh, transfer. Sorry, getting that screwed up. Tavon Kyle, so you probably already yelled at me if you're listening or watching. Um, no, I got it. Sam Westfall, SMU, Tavon Kyle, Iowa State transfer. Five catches allowed on eight targets but only 32 yards on those catches. So not, you know, not a, not a bad job there. Obviously keeping the guy the, the, the receiver in front, not allowing extra yards after catch. And that was on 52 pass cover snaps. A 70.8 passer rating against uh, with five catches on eight targets. That tells you that, you know, it was a lot of short dink and dunk kind of stuff that uh, they got to, to Tavon Kyle. So, uh, and, and he did a good job again, keeping the, the receivers in front and, and making the tackles after and, and letting his guys make tackles around him after. So, um, that gets you inside the numbers there. That's how Virginia pulled that upset. Uh, it was uh, offensive line clearing the way for the running backs uh, and also giving uh, Tony Musket a chance to to throw the ball. Uh, it was defensive line getting just enough pressure on Drake May, especially on the last play of the game. And uh, the secondary playing great uh, behind uh, the defensive line. It's complimentary football. It's how you win football games. Uh, so as we go on this week, uh, we look forward to we'll, – we'll talk more UVA football uh, on podcasts and, and on our videos here on YouTube. We also got the ACC uh, tip-off uh, to to cover both the men's and women's, and so we'll get into that this week. Of course, getting you ready for Miami uh, this weekend. Uh, Virginia with uh, the big upset uh, as a 24-point underdog when the, the, the line closed just before the game on Saturday night uh, over North Carolina. Virginia's a 19-point dog down at Miami, so – even pull a couple of huge upsets off uh, in, in a couple of straight Saturdays on the road in the ACC. Um, thank you for your time on this. If you have any questions for me, any mailbag items, anything you want me to address, please email me at chris at augustafreepress.com.